Welcome to the Commander-in-Chief Podcast. I'm Yuri Kruman, founder and CEO of Commander-in-Chief Media Group, award-winning chief people officer and keynote speaker, author of five books, Fortune 500 consultant and corporate trainer, and contributor to Fast Company, Forbes, Entrepreneur, and Newsweek. Our mission at Commander-in-Chief Media is to help 100 million people around the world in the next 10 years to do their life's best work in the here and now through storytelling, educational media, thought leadership, HR consulting, corporate training, coaching, speaking, and authentic high-quality writing, helping people become their own Commanders-in-Chief. Now, if you're interested in being a guest on the Commander-in-Chief podcast, stick around until the end of the show. We will share with you what we're looking for and how to apply. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Yuri Kruman with uh, the Commander-in-Chief Podcast. Uh, we're here today with uh, Rami Zakavi of Hi Bob, And uh, I'm really excited to hear some stories about how you built this. Um, I know that even though maybe you studied organizational development um, you know, in, in your academic career, um, this is not what you went to first. Uh, there was a lot of other work maybe around uh, that you can hopefully talk about, cybersecurity, other things. And then uh, you came back to HR. So I'd love to, first of all, just get your introduction and, uh, you know, let's see where that takes us. Absolutely. Thank you, Yuri. Um, so my name is Ronnie Zahavi. I'm uh, 55 years old, married, four kids. I live in Tel Aviv. Uh, I actually uh, lived four years in the Silicon Valley with my previous company. Um, I run Hybo. Hi, Bob is the name of the company. Bob is the name of the platform. We are a people management platform uh, that was designed five years ago uh, to support the future of work. Uh, six years ago, people thought that uh, the generation transformation would be the major trigger for uh, the shift in the way people work. And then COVID 18 months ago, just accelerated everything. So yeah. we're, in a, we're in, a, in a new in a new era, a new phase already. Um, about my background, so I'm not a typical um, entrepreneur. I'm uh, I did not graduate uh, eighty two hundred, and I'm not an engineer. Uh, I started uh, as um, a you know in the late nineties, last century, with a company called Comtouch. C-O-M-M-T-O-U-C-H, uh, a web-based email provider. So in the late 90s, talking about uh, hosted email um, was the, the early bird about thinking, thinking about cloud in, in general. So um, all, through all my career, I was in, in cloud business, SaaS business before it, it was even called like uh, this way. Uh, so this is where I started my career. Um, I, my first job in tech was um, a, a VPHR without really knowing what does it mean. Uh, but I joined uh, Comptouch in 1998 or eight I think. Uh, and I made a journey through the... Uh, IPO and then the the uh, the the bubble days. Yeah, uh, they have a deja vu these days, by the way, with yeah, what's yeah. happening around. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and then uh, and then I moved 
from from being an executive in this company to take a, a more junior role because I wanted to move from HR, you know, kind of back office to the front, to the back seat to the front seat, and and I wanted to do business and sales. So um, I was. Uh, uh, I did everything. I was an SDR and BDR and, and, and account executive uh, from ground up. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, I managed a, a team. Um, and I spent uh, out of my uh, seven years with Comtouch, five years with, uh, was in business development and sales. I learned a lot and I give a lot of credit to, to the founders of Comtouch uh, who gave me the the chance to um, join them and then to do the shift. And then in 2007, uh, together with two co-founders, uh, we built Cotendo uh, in the CDN space, Content Delivery Network. Uh, we raised capital from Sequoia. It's a true story. Uh, it uh, We, on an idea, uh, we met uh, a, uh, one of the investors from Sequoia uh, at a restaurant in Haifa on Friday afternoon, and, and that was it. Uh, just, uh, just idea, uh, what to do, and he, and he gave us. Uh, it was uh, nine, uh, 2007, three million dollars seed money or a round, whatever you call it. Yeah, um, and and we. When we started uh, a new journey, uh, Cotendo, uh, all the stars were aligned. Uh, so within three and a half years since the company was founded, again, on paper, we were acquired by Akamai for $300 million. Uh, and uh, as I mentioned, I relocated to, um, to the West Coast. And I spent um, two years at Akamai, building and then managing the security business unit. Yep. Uh, it was 2004, two, uh, 2000, sorry, 2013, 14, I think. Uh, cyber was just uh, raising. Um, and, and, um, and I'm very proud of the move because today, um, the security business unit in, in Akamai is, is a really fast-growing uh, component and, and the, the Akamai site in Israel, I think it's more than 200 employees or even 300 employees, yeah, it's <coughs> so it uh, was a good move. Um, then um, I left um, Akamai and then I was one of the founders uh, a, with a teammate in cybersecurity. Um, it, it took it took us a while to come up with the idea. Uh, actually, it was uh, Nadav and Israel's idea, and I joined uh, to build a teammate uh, on the cyber front before they expanded to other uh, areas. Um, and after two years, I decided that um, I don't think cyber is uh, something that uh, makes me feel excited yes. about uh, you know waking up in the morning and those. Sure. And, and jumping in this uh, cold water, uh, and so we, uh, I, I, I left. Then um, I was an entrepreneur in residence with uh, with Vesemer. 
uh, with uh, Adam Fisher, uh, and I was there for uh, nine months, um, listening to um, innovative ideas. Of course, uh, and uh, then I made the change, and I said, you know, uh, maybe I should try. It. And so the the company was founded officially uh, late 2015, but um, the idea was incubated through a through the year. So I I remember one of my visits to London. I I said. Can this idea work in the UK? Um, and uh, because I, I was a little bit lazy to do the US shift and to travel again to the US, I thought it makes sense to do it in Europe. And, um, and uh, we ended up um, uh, launching Bob in, in the UK, uh, as well in Israel. Uh, and like any other business, it takes a while to... To build it um, and uh, we are five and a half years through through the journey and we are extremely uh, excited about what we have accomplished uh, it's um, almost 14,000 customers around about 200 new customers every quarter uh, we became mission critical platform for many businesses, uh, big logos, um, yeah. and our vision, uh, and they mentioned it's uh, close to 300 employees, uh, raised a lot of capital, um, and, and uh, we are aiming to be the, the leader of what we describe as a very interesting market that we would like to go after, and it's, it is the three M's. Uh, first M is mid-size, yeah. fast-growing companies. So any business from a few dozens of employees to many hundreds of employees or a few thousands of employees. We do not intend to be a player at the enterprise uh, layer. Things don't look good there. Some really uh, clunky, badly Yeah, but we may get there in the future, but uh, this is not um, a, the target market we go after. That, so this is the first M. The second M is modern businesses. Um, it's tricky because uh, we think that uh, most of the companies, uh, not only tech companies, will have to transform from where they are right now to something different because of the hybrid way of work, because of the generation transformation, because of, um, you know, so many things that are happening in, in the way people work today that you have to adapt yourself. Uh, if they will not adapt themselves, um, in, in, yeah, they will be, uh, they will be irrelevant. Um, and, and like many things, the change starts with the small ones or the mid, mid-sized one, and they influence. Always it comes bottom-up and not the other way around. And also, um, when you think about people, you go, um, you think first on the, the white-collar employers, you know, um, a media agency, engineering, consultant, tech companies, fintech companies. But then this is 
this is the beachhead for, uh, for, the, for uh, the big wave that will come after. I see what is happening right now. I think the importance and the impact that what we see right now is as big as, you know, the shift from on-prem to the cloud yeah. 20 years ago, which drove the great success of NetSuite or Workday or yeah. many other plays or, you know, even Oracle and SAP success factors. Uh, so all in all, we are extremely, extremely uh, bullish on on our journey and look forward to uh, build a multi-billion dollar business from the Holy Land here Amen. in Israel. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you, Ronnie. Really appreciate uh, the background story. <coughs> so, you know, as you've seen, not just with this business, but with uh, the others that you've built, with fast growth come certain um, typical and some atypical problems um, in terms of inflection points, right? When you start the company, you maybe look to people in your inner circle. You know, it might be your army unit. It might be, you know, your friends from kibbutz. doesn't matter, right? You, you look to your immediate circle and you say, hey, do you want to work with me on this? This is the greatest thing since sliced bread, right? And you convince those people they can work with you and you build something great. And then maybe you raise around and you say, okay, well, we need to hire professional managers, we need policies and procedures, and that's kind of where all the boring but yet mission critical HR stuff comes in. So, um, you know, from two angles, I'd love to hear both for, for Hi Bob and for other businesses you build, as well as for your clients. I mean, you know, kind of looking at this, um, you know, just from a fast growth company perspective. What do you think are some of the biggest challenges? And I'm, I'm sure you, you know, <laughs> you diagram these as you were building this business um, in particular, and you've seen them yourself. So from, from your perspective, building this business and previous ones, as well as for your clients, what do you think are some of the kind of biggest hinge points, maybe in order of priority? Because that's, there's a lot, but I'd love to hear from you. Yeah. So let me, let me, uh, let me start with uh, maybe one step before. Um, in my experience, um, I think there are three major criteria for um, at least choosing uh, where you where you want to build a, 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 a new business. Uh, first, it depends on your appetite. Um, um, I, I think entrepreneurship is one of the most rewarding uh, a thing to do in life but also comes with a lot of uh, a pressure and anxiety and whatever you call it. The, it's ups and downs and only people who did it understand the, how difficult it is. But on the other hand, if, if you have the, the, the mentality and the DNA and, and, and you, um, you know how to strive, then... then and it's great experience. So the three criteria are as follows. One, how big is your market? The bigger the market is, your chances to build something big uh, and, and, and try to be impactful yeah. is, is key. Uh, at least with my perspective, when, always when I, when I thought about building something, I, I, can you really be a player? Uh, <coughs> You can you can go on uh, you know a specific uh, area and niche component and try to solve it and then you can be acquired by by other companies. It's great, but at least from my perspective, I think the size of the business is yeah. is key. Uh, 
should be a, a many billions of dollars in the market that um, you are clearly identify what's the problem that was not solved yet by others okay some people uh, companies try to solve it maybe they solved it in the past but it's no longer relevant or it is a, a segment that was neglected for many years it was too small for big ones or it was too big for small ones or whatever this goes I just want to pause you for a second um, this goes towards uh, one of the kind of most important principles in, in my book which is kind of basis for the podcast and newsletter and everything else I do number one is you have to ask the most important question right and the most important question is you know what can I do now to solve the biggest problems later what can I do now what can I ask now so I don't have to ask 20,000 other questions down the road right? yeah and it's a moving yeah. target I mean um, you always think that uh, you know the problem and then you get to it and then you understand this is not the problem but in general the bigger the market is then you have more le- it, it is more legitimate to 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 try maybe this is not the right you get to a neighborhood then you need to choose which street to explore that you are in, in, in a s- small market small neighborhood that maybe you have two streets and, and you're dead if it's a big city uh, as a metaphor that you have a lot of um, other options so the size of the market is is important secondly uh, um, I, um, always important as the first one but in the first one you can choose the second one you can choose it's team it's the people uh, because you can you can choose people um, once you're in the market you are in the market uh, so team um, diverse team uh, is important with experience that um some you know the, the team members complement each other business with tech product with design yep. international experience uh the more diverse the better of yep. course and, and 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 you choose and you always ch- remember you, you choose partners for life you 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 literally get married yeah. to your to your partner for good and for bad right yes and the third one is obviously the technology. Uh, so I view a tech as a problem solvers. As easy as it sounds, um, you have to find a problem. If it's a, a, a meaningful problem in a, in a large market, then most likely you are in the right direction. But bear in mind that you are not the only smart pep person on the planet to, to see it. Especially in this country, right? And you have to compete. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. That's really helpful. Um, I'd love to focus on the second one, the people part. I mean, you know, that's, that's what I do. That's what you do. Um, but from just a practical perspective, um, you know, I'm, I'm in Israel only three months, but um, I've been following what's going on here for a while and, um, you know, certainly familiar with your company, a lot of other things in HR tech. Uh, one of the most interesting things for me here in Israel you know, coming from the States and seeing, you know, especially it's not just over the last year, but more, you know, five to 10 years, you have, uh, you know, you have a lot of different movements going on, right? So there's uh, one for women, for diverse employees, for really just helping to get people to tell their stories and 
and then share them and sort of give people room to breathe and be themselves within the workplace. And then, of course, you have the big challenge of doing that remotely or in a hybrid sense. You don't really have any more of these water cooler conversations or what have you. So the challenges are, are very big. And uh, we've seen over the last you know 18 months plus, um, HR has emerged as, you know, something much more than just we're going to you know push paper and we're going to do benefits and payroll and hope for the best, right? So, um, you know, I, I've certainly been the beneficiary of that because companies now realize that and they might bring in someone like myself. They want systems because systems are, we, we have to have systems, right? Because investors want that, boards want that. We, we need some structure. We need something. But my, my interest is not just in systems. You know, my, my company is called HR Talent and Systems, right? So for me, it's not just about, yes, you put in structure, you put in managers, you need coaching, right? You need some kind of training and development for people. But the hardest part, I feel, in a way, is not just to check boxes. It's, um, you know, and the reason I'm asking this is because in Israel, this is all in, in kind of a very different stage. You know, maybe sitting here in the center of Tel Aviv, you know, it's much easier to be who, whoever you are, whatever you, you know, whatever your background is. But um, I think the, the tech culture is still, it's not quite in the same place as, let's say, in Silicon Valley. The language is different. I think uh, there's there's not sometimes there's not even lip service. So I'm looking within HR tech, right? HR tech, which by definition goes over to America, and I don't know how things look in the UK. That's not my domain so much. But how do things look from your seat? Um, you know, building an HR company, yet sitting in Tel Aviv, where you know, yeah, you can be anyone you want, just as as a human. But within the workplace, within high tech. Where do you think might be some areas where companies might want to kind of go more in that direction, more than just lip service, more than just, okay, um, you know, we're going to bring in a consultant for DI or, um, I don't know, you know, the Me Too movement, we have to address that in a meaningful way, right? So um, my question for you is, what, what do you see in, in just a practical sense here? What do, how does talent approach these subjects? Do, do they ask for these things? Do they want them? Yeah, so uh, <coughs> it's a very important um, and very good question. Um, with, uh, if you take a look uh, and, and you follow uh, the, the majority of the success stories by you know, companies, entrepreneurs, there's one thing that um, repeats itself in all those um, you know, summarizing the journey, yeah. and they all talk about culture, mm-hmm. uh, our unique culture. You know, the 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 the, the special unique, sauce. You know, yeah. Sure. So, it, like, you hear it again and again, yeah, and it, and you hear it when the game is over, and and you are a big yeah. win or a big success, yeah. and, and you don't hear about that too much when when you climb the you know the the slippery yeah (laughs) so and what is culture Mm -hmm. Uh, in a moment uh, i think culture goes aligned with uh, the role of hr in businesses and leaders in in the business to to me culture is a summation of relationship at the end of the day a company with a strong culture uh, and you have to nurture the culture all the time they are they benefit and they they build a, a strong DNA mm-hmm. 
that in good in bad times you can you can survive or you can really take the advantage of the opportunity in front of you what happened in the past um, two years and and it, I think because of the pandemic but it started before but the pandemic just accelerated that I think um, HR leaders they they took the front seat um, in you know in in 2020 the the HR airtime in management session and board session were by far more than 50% of the time talking about people about hybrid about work from home or from office work from every anywhere uh, a, a, a work-life balance right mental health uh, a retention it was a big issue and it will be a big issue in the next coming years because there's no going back so what does it mean about about this area and about this market that um, HR leaders will be the one who will set the tone. Uh, it's not um, a, a back office, a, a paper movers, check the box. Uh, they will be part of the uh, decision making process. Now, it was there 20 years ago. Uh, like the, I think the motion uh, 20 years ago was, uh, if you're a HR manager, do you really know and uh, do you know how to speak the business language of the organization? I think it's not it's not relevant anymore. They are part of uh, the business um, and and companies will um, I think more seriously about about HR, the function, uh, the the way they people they manage the people. Are they really putting the people first? What does it mean to put your people first? Um, and it's not only a task for HR. HR are the ambassadors of, of, of this DNA. It goes to the managers, not only C-level, every manager in the company. If you join companies, you live because of your manager. So you, if your manager uh, is, uh, is a great one, and I would add to that because of Bob, I would say, does he or she or them have enough um, um, uh, tools, digital tools to manage the people, then they can do a great retention better than any idea that this CEO has um, in his mind. Yeah, it's more direct. Uh, so I think going forward, um, um, this profession will be very strategic, a, a lot of you know things around a, 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 a data analytics. Uh, so can you really read reports and insights and run um, like the stuff you do on other system? And if you just follow what happened in ERP and CRM and, and now with HCM, they are all transitioning from just uh, being a system of record yeah, to 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 system of engagement that you have to engage with your users so uh, i think the opportunity is is huge <coughs> and uh, we were lucky or we did a good job in being being the it has the potential to to lead uh, a category that we strongly believe in Terrific, thank you. So, uh, being mindful of time, um, 
the goal of this podcast is to really try to diagram from different people from different walks of life, um, what do they do to manage fast growth, right? As an entrepreneur, you don't have a choice, right? You've strapped yourself to your, you know, your rocket and that's, that's what it is. You're not, you're not ever gonna move slowly in any year of your life. For good and for bad, it's not, it's not just all positive and you know, flowers and, and all that stuff. So um, I would love to ask you, um, you know, the basis for this is my book, which is called Being World Commander-in-Chief, which talks about four conversations that I believe all people should be having if they're not having already. Not, not just once a year, maybe on Yom Kippur, right? But uh, every single day, right? So number one is a conversation with your body. That might be, um, I don't know, your nutrition, your exercise, your biorhythms, breathing, things like that. Number two is life models, rather life skills and mental models. Meaning, uh, what's what's in your proverbial stack, right? It's uh, certain cognitive biases, how do you manage stress, expectations, your business, your career, you know, your, your finances. Uh, number three is dealing with other people. Um, you know, that could be any kinds of relationships in your life. Could be connected to business. Could be in your personal life. How do you do that from a place of core values? And number four is your conversation with God or the universe. So, with that in mind, I always like to ask guests what what they do, not just some tips and tricks, but what they actually do to manage that fast growth in any of those four areas. Something that listeners can take away and use themselves. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's hard to answer. Um, <clears throat> in, 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 at the stage I am in, in life, because I've seen, I, I, I've been through three crises, right? Uh, 2000, in 1999 and then 2008 and, and last year. Uh, I think um, there is no cruising mode in, in startup. You have to be the one who sits on, you know, at the front seat, surround yourself with uh, amazing people that are better than you, uh, that can be the CEO of what they do, CEO of marketing, CEO of product. revenues or product that can challenge you, yeah. that you are humble enough to listen and not to think that you have the answers for all the questions. Um, a strong from, you know, mentally strong because a <clears throat> CEOs are, at the end of the day, they are alone. Um, there's a lot of you know, we talked about the roller coaster, yeah. um, and anything that uh, you can you can have you, you can uh, afford yourself to balance your life. So obviously, I could have done anything in my career without my family, my wife. Yeah. So you have to have support. Yes. Um, and secondly, to balance your life, you need to pause. You need to um, take time off. You need to zoom out for... Um, now, if you're not surrounded by strong people, uh, you'll, be, you'll, be, you'll be lost. You'll because sad, you'll be yeah. pulled down all the time yeah. and you will not be able to breathe. Uh, it's like when you swim, do you wear floats on your arms or you use weights? If you have weights, you, you swim... It's harder to swim, and you don't have, uh, you know, um, you cannot breathe. On on the other hand, if you have nice flows, then you can easily, you know, navigate to the right direction. Um, 
But uh, I strongly recommend your audience, uh, if they can, if, can, if they can afford themselves, to, um, to be entrepreneur. It's the most rewarding thing to do uh, in life. Uh, it comes with uh, the ups and the downs. Thank you. Thank you so much. Really You're welcome. Speak with you, and uh, hopefully we can speak again. Yes. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to Commander in Chief podcast. To apply to be a guest on the show, head on over to cicmediagroup.com/backslash/guest. CIC is in Commander in Chief, so that's cicmediagroup.com/backslash/guest. These guys. Help us spread the word about the podcast and our mission on social media. We're cooking up something truly special over here, and we really need your help to spread the message. The reviews, especially, are huge for helping us grow and get the golden nuggets of wisdom from our world-class guests out into the world. Go on ahead, give us a review or rating on whichever platform you use to listen. Our mission at Commander Chief Media is to help 100 million people around the world in the next 10 years to do their life's best work in the here and now through storytelling, education, media, thought leadership, consulting, corporate training, coaching, speaking, and authentic high-quality writing, helping people to become their own commanders-in-chief. And before you go, please make sure to hit that subscribe button for us here at the Commander-in-Chief Podcast so that you can be the first to know when new episodes drop. Let's not be strangers, friend. Okay, please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever you hang out. And of course, if you want to learn more about our work and impact, or just access some great content, plenty of that. Head on over to CICmediagroup.com. That's uh, CIC as in Commander in Chief, mediagroup.com. Once more, this is Yuri Kruman, and thanks for listening.